Welcome to this episode of Saintly Witnesses, where I talk to the Catholic behind the account. Today, I'm speaking with Angela, who's going to come on today and share some information about her faith journey and also talk about her involvement with the 2020 Texas Senate race. But I'm sure she's been active in other different um, political campaigns as well. So I'm eager to hear that information. Uh, So definitely thank you for coming on today, Angela. Thanks for having me. Yes. Um, So let's get started with the interview. Um, The first question is always the same. Um, Are you a cradle Catholic revert, convert? But you told me you're a cradle cradle Catholic. Uh, Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about your faith journey. Like how was it growing up, middle life, and how that led you into adult life? Sure. So I was cradle Catholic. Um, I had the unique position of having an uncle who's a priest. And so um, it's funny because I have pictures of him at my baptism, my first communion, my confirmation. He actually did my first reconciliation. Um, And so, you know, I was always active in church. You know, we weren't like pray the rosary every every day type of family, but we always went to mass. We always prayed together. And then um, when I was seven, I actually lost my father and that made me start asking a lot of questions. And so, and so who is God? What is God? You know, why do bad things happen? And, you know, eventually I started asking the church and I was, to me, the most amazing thing was that even if I didn't understand the answer, the church always had one and nobody ever told me to stop asking questions. I was encouraged to ask questions, which I know a lot of people growing up in other faith traditions, they were told, no, just accept God. And that's it. And I felt being Catholic that I had that. And so then asking questions led me to being involved in youth group. I led me to helping lead college um, campus ministry. And then asking questions also led me to getting involved in politics. And um, I'm not currently doing much with church right now. It's just, we're in a pandemic. But um, yeah, I'm very Catholic, I guess you would say. Okay, that's good to hear. So let's go to the next question, which is, you know, you've been a Catholic pretty much all your life, had a pretty, you know, comfortable, typical Catholic life, I would say. Uh, What would you say to somebody who is um, discerning the Catholic church or who wants to become Catholic? Like, what's a piece of advice that you would say? I would always say to never, for one, never stop asking questions. Because I think we learn through asking questions and you're not going to learn about yourself and your faith in God if you stop asking. Um, Yes, there is faith and we have to accept faith, but you don't know what your faith is if you don't ask. You don't know what you need to accept. You don't know what the Trinity is if you, unless you ask about the Trinity. And I think, you know, don't be afraid to have hard conversations. You know, you have, um, and don't be afraid to also have those hard conversations with God. I feel like there's a lot of times in prayer where we just want say thank you, ask for like two or three really easy things. And then say, say another thing about thanks and then be good. Okay. I said my prayers, but prayer is where you're supposed to work through those issues. You know, I've yelled at God so many times in prayer and I promise he can take it. And I think that's where you're going to grow. That's where you're going to learn about Catholicism. What Catholicism is to you is by doing, having those hard conversations and you know, find your why is, you know, when I taught um, confirmation, I always told my students to find their why. You know, there's a reason why your parents are Catholic. There's a reason why your friends are Catholic. There's a reason why we're all Catholic, but you have to have your own reason. And so finding your why is why you're going to stay in the church, why you're going to become Catholic. Yeah. And even, 
now, now when I think about professional work, when we talk about the why and like the why cements and grounds are, you know, outlook on everything that we do. And so always having that why to rely on is a definitely um, a powerful, um, you know, thing that you taught during your classes at confirmation. So definitely a good tip. So let's go talk a little bit about, you know, your political involvement a little bit. So I'm in Texas, I'm in Houston, and, you know, I couldn't help but see that you were, like, actively involved with the 2020 U.S. um, Senate election in Texas. Uh, Was that your first experience working in a campaign? Uh, If not, what were some other experiences that you've had in the past? It had, it wasn't my first experience. Um, before that, I'd also volunteered for some presidential. I volunteered on Pete Buttigieg's campaign, um, which that was an experience of its own. And then I've done some with Joe Biden, but I really latched on with MJ Hagar. But, you know, before I would say like the 2020 election cycle, I always voted and I would read up on the candidates, but I wasn't, and I talked to my friends about it, but I wasn't like actively involved in candidates. But then everything that happened in 2016 and 2018 made me realize that I didn't have the luxury of sitting on the sidelines anymore. I needed to get involved. Okay. So that definitely goes into the next question, which is like, what influenced you to get involved with local and state politics for uh, Texas? And you said that you were, you know, assisting with Pete. Um, Mm -hmm. Like what were some things that happened um, in the last four years that like said, hey, I need to get off the sidelines and take be a stakeholder in this uh, political process? Yeah, so um, the 2016 election, you know, I, I mean, I would, before that, I would have considered myself a very, like a Republican, but then I watched Trump and I was like, no, no, I'm like, I, you know, I voted, you know, I pretty much, I only voted based on abortion. And 2016 caused me to reconsider a lot of that, you know, just consider, am I voting against abortion or am I voting for policies that to help women not have to have abortions? And that became something I started to think about a lot more of, you know, what are, am I voting for something or am I voting against something? And I, for me, I voted for Clinton because I want, she supported policies that actually help abortion rates go down while getting, having abortion be illegal, yes, would be great, but it's not gonna fix the problems. It's not gonna fix the systemic issues of why we have abortions to begin with. And then fast forward a few years, I work in a school, I'm a speech pathologist. So I work with students with speech impairments from just not saying their R's to, I have students who are nonverbal autistic with kids preschool through fifth. And, you know, school choice takes money away from my job you know, our jobs are getting, you know, we're getting more and more kids and less and less resources every year. Um, When they stop the Medicaid expansion, they stopped access to early intervention for my students. And I just kept watching my students have more barriers thrown up in front of them. And I was just, and you know, and it's how can I say I'm here for them? How can I say I'm fighting for them if I go home and I vote against them? If I go home and I don't continue the fight and I say, I'm here for you, but I'm not. I had to get involved because I, my students need it. And a lot of people who can't fight because, you know, maybe their situation, they're a single mom working two jobs and they don't have the time. Well, I have the time. I'm young. I'm single. 
I can fight. So I felt like I needed to fight and get involved in politics. Yeah, thank you for sharing that information. Um, definitely as educator, you bear that responsibility of feeling like, um, you know, your kids, you take on that responsibility for your children and you having that ability to advocate for them and to fight for, you know, justice that relates to them is uh, very important to their, all, to their livelihood. So major thank you for doing that. Um, so as you mentioned, you were, you know, pretty active with the or locally in your city with the MJ Hager uh, campaign in Texas. Um, what were some issues, whether that be like state or like larger macro level issues that you thought were um, important that you wanted to see addressed? Um, wow, that's a long list. Um, you know, I think for one, definitely education. Um, there's a law um, that's called IDEA, Individuals with Disability Education Act, that pretty much says you have to have special education. But most people don't all know it's an unfunded mandate. So they said you need to provide all these edu all these special education things, but there's no funding set aside specifically for it. And um, a lot of the candidates I was working for and volunteered for wanted to see that funded and wanted to see another thing called school choice that allows the state to divert monies from public schools to charter schools and private schools, who, for instance, a lot of them, their teachers don't even have to be certified teachers. To get so those schools started to get more money per student than the public school so fighting for those issues in education and public education um, also fighting for the environment you know i want to one day have kids and i want my kids to bring breathe clean air i want to breathe clean air i want the polar ice caps to not melt i don't want cities to be flooding you know i think you can look at our weather patterns and i'm you know, it's terrifying to see the um, hurricanes, it's to see the floods, to see the droughts at the same times. So, and you know, and it's like Pope Francis talked about that we are the stewards of our world. It is our job to take be steward of God's creation. And right now we're not, and that needs to be addressed. And then, you know, um, I look at taxation and I see the big man getting their pockets lined and the little man not. I see you know, we're just, I see a lot of policies that aren't making it easier for people who aren't doing well to get better. And for me, that's also, that's a pro-life issue. You know, um, a lot of these tax breaks are going to billionaires and not to the people who are struggling to put food on the table, who might be now be pregnant, who might now be considering abortion because they don't have the money. Those are the people who need a tax break. Those are the people who need our help. And we need to put our federal programs and state programs and local programs to working to help those people more than to help the big businesses who their billionaires are going to be fine. You gave a whole bunch of information about a lot of issues that you are passionate about and definitely um, disability awareness and disability advocacy is an issue that gets, you know, ignored a lot in a national conversation and especially in education too, I would imagine. So yes. it's good to see that you had those issues at the forefront of your mind um, with your particular candidate at the national or the state in the national level. Um, so you highlighted a lot of good stuff and you just mentioned uh, the Holy Father, Pope Francis. Um, how do you see like a, a relationship between your Catholic faith and your involvement um, in the 2016 through the 2020, you know, process? How have you seen your Catholic faith um, relate to that in a way? Yeah, so, I mean, 
I think we're called to live out our faith and I think we're called to evangelize and to be with people who don't believe our faith. And, you know, before that, I would say almost all my friends were Catholic and, you know, and getting and starting to get involved in politics felt really risky. And I bet it does to a lot of people who are Catholic because you're going to meet a lot of people who aren't Catholic and you're going to meet a lot of people who don't agree with you. And but at the same time, it's almost a form of evangelization and not only to other people, but to yourself, because I feel like I learned a lot more about who I was as a Catholic by spending time with people, spending time with people who aren't Catholic, because, you know, I'd go to something, you know, before COVID and we'd be eating and I'd stop and pray before I eat. And they're like, you're actually praying before you eat. And I'm like, yeah, I always do that. And they're like, I didn't know people actually did that. And I was like, yeah, we still do that. Or, you know, a rosary fell out of my purse one time. My friend's like, you actually have a rosary? Do you know how to pray? Do you actually use that? And I was like, yes, I have prayed with my rosary before. And um, to me, it was a kind of a place to evangelize. And I also think God calls us to be stewards of the world and to be our brother's keeper and, you know, fighting to make sure that we're living in a just society to me in the society that protects our world is part of being my brother's keeper. It's part of being a steward of our earth. And so to me, it was a natural way to do it. Now, I don't believe that's the only way to do that. Like there are so many ways that we can help to volunteer to get involved. But I would also say to Catholics that who only to think about, are you only spending your time with other Catholics or are you taking the time to go to, to know people who don't agree the same way and to help share your faith with the broader world? Definitely yeah. something to, um, you know, help us think about. And yeah. you mentioned basically how um, it's a form of witness, the work that you do. And definitely I can see how you can influence other people by your involvement. So thank you. So the last question is this. Um, you've been like really involved in politics, especially within the last year. And you are passionate about a lot of different issues that relate to, um, you know, pro-life issues, educational reform issues, and just disability awareness. Um, why should, you know, Catholics be involved in a political process? Like, what's yeah. at stake for us when we um, are, like, energized in this arena? And, you know, I think the thing is, is that so many people here, well, I don't want to get involved in politics who are Catholic because there aren't real Catholic politicians. There aren't Catholics involved in politics. I'm like, well, if you want that to change, maybe you should be the one to start changing it. You know, that I hear a lot of people, oh, I don't like politics because it's dirty and people do this and I don't like how it goes. Well, you know, you can sit around and complain about it or you can get involved and start changing it. And I think I hear a lot of Catholics, you know, we're, re we're ready to complain about, I read, tell us everything that's wrong with politics, but we're not ready to get in and do the hard work. You know, I think Pope Francis also said that he wants us to be a church of people with dirty knees. Well, I promise we have lots of room for you to get your knees dirty working and helping in politics. And, you know, if we want Catholic politicians who represent our faith, then maybe we need to work to become those politicians. And, you know, I will say it's hard, like um, being, I'm a pro-life Democrat and that's not the most common thing. And, um, but I will say, and, you know, usually, abortion is such a taboo talk topic, you know, you can't talk about it without, without having a fight. And I've learned how to do that. You know, I have a good friend now who's an abort became friends with a girl who's an abortion clinic counselor. 
who's an agnostic and I never thought we would be friends and she's like I was like I never thought I'd be talk with an abortion counselor she's like I never thought I would talk to somebody who's been a pro-life sidewalk counselor before but you know I think having that dialogue and finding all the things we have in common even though yes we fundamentally completely disagree on abortion we agree on so many other things like like you know healthcare reform that you know that we need to make sure that women have access to healthcare because without that access to healthcare people are going to have abortion so let's fix that issue okay and finding those things we can agree on is so important because you know we're seeing like literally right now like the capital might be catching fire i don't even know right now um and that's because we're not willing to sit around and talk to me is a big issue that we're just sitting ready to fight but we're not ready to talk and i think catholics need to get involved because we need to start talking we need to fix the dirty politics and we need to bring faith back into it in a way that we know we have our faith in god and we need to start living that faith and letting people see how beautiful that faith can be and let what comes from our faith start influencing the world again because it's not and it's it's hard i mean i won't ever say that this is something that's going to be easy but i think in the end it's going to be worth it even if all i do is help change one person's mind you know maybe that's all god wanted me to do and i'm happy to do it but who knows we'll see where it goes all this information that you just shared just now, um, it goes back to like being salt and light. And for me, when I think about being a Christian, and we're going to close at this point, but you know, when I think about being a Christian, I always think about we're on this like mission, like we're in a mission field and it's like we're in occupied territory and mm-hmm. we have to go in this occupied territory and, you know, demonstrate the best witness for Christ and through that witness um you know we're gonna win and we're gonna win people over and we're gonna show them you know authentic love compassion and and mercy and through that witness that we share that's gonna influence a lot of people Mm -hmm. and so the way you just explained about this deficit of purity purity politicians that oh there's no real catholic politician out there but you should be the catholic politician who you know, influences the institution rather than just being, you know, in, having an institution influence you. Mm-hmm. So that sounds like, sounds like you get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sounds like you, you understand like the, the mission of a Christian. And I think that's a powerful, um, a powerful statement to close on. Uh, well, I definitely appreciate it. Enjoying talking about this information with you. And I definitely appreciated hearing about, you know, your involvement with politics and like the issues that are important to you. And I pray that you continue to, you know, be involved in state, local, state and local politics here in Texas and continue to, you know, be an advocate for your students and for others in Texas in order to like bring about justice and the common good. So thank you. Thank you for having me. Yep. So this is going to conclude this episode of Saintly Witnesses and you guys be sure to keep Angela in your prayers and wish the work that she does to grow abundant and fruitful. Mm-hmm.